Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast for the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined for this summer extravaganza in the grey misery of Chadderton by the very happy Stuart Brennan. It's nice to have you back. That's a bit of an exaggeration, to be honest with you. I just had a fortnight off, but uh, we'll roll with it. Carry on, yeah. <laughs> well, we've got to try and paint the picture for the for the listeners, try and make it sound a lot more joyous than it is. Si? Hi. Back. Hello. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, do I just get two letters now? Yeah, that's it. That familiar to listeners, yeah. I think it just saves me sort of stumbling over your surname as usual. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart, that. Keep it simple, yeah. yeah. It's sort of like how commentators call him Trent instead of Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, yeah. I like to think I'm sort of as as big a brand as yeah. Trent. So. I know that when you play football, you do just have Si on the back of your shirt these <laughs> days as well, with your entourage surrounding you. Definitely a City shirt, always. Always. That's what we like to hear. And, well... Yeah, there's our producer making a lot of sound in the in the background, but uh, we're into the summer transfer window now. It seems a good place to start with transfers. Obviously, this summer's maybe a bit different to last summer, Stu, because City do maybe actively need to recruit more. Um, but what? who do you think City actually want to sign? I know we've heard maybe not personnel, but what positions? Obviously, company leaving, and we always talk about Fernandino's successor. Do you think it is just those two roles mainly? or uh, From what we know... Uh- um, it basically comes down to two positions that they need to fill, that they really need to fill. Um, obviously, holding midfielder, but that's been the case for two years now. You know, they've, they've they've tried in the last two transfer windows to to bring somebody in and failed. You know, they came within an ace of getting Jorginho last time round, uh, and he was quite telling that once that that fell apart right at the last minute. We know that we know that the deal had been agreed verbally. It was just a case of. Uh, putting pen to paper um i mean i was urging caution at the time because people were saying that that it was done it was already sorted it just needed announcing but the way i understood it was it wasn't it was still needed needed to be to be finalized and that proved to be the case because chelsea stepped in and Jorginho went but um the, the fact remains that they still need a replacement stroke competition for Fernandinho. You can't imagine if he goes on more than one more season, Fernandinho, you'd be surprised. You know, he's 34 now, he turned 34 last season. Um, Gundogan's done a good job there, but whenever you speak to him, he's never entirely happy about playing there. He doesn't see his future as being there. Although I thought in the closing stage of the season, he was excellent there. He did, he did his... He did his city future power a good um, with his performances then. Um, and the other one, of course, is centre-back with Vincent Company going. The possibility that Otamendi might go. Um, but they definitely... They want one, from what I understand. They don't, they, you know, they don't need two, which some people are suggesting if, if Company and Otamendi both both leave. Um, they, they want one even if two leave. Um, and then I think everything else is either dependent on other movements or just noise. And any noise around attacking players, I think you can pretty much ignore it. Um, from what I understand, even if Leroy Sane goes, they're not looking to replace him. And when you look at the attacking talent they've got already in the squad, you know, Mares hardly figured last season um, in a lot of ways. Um and I know Pep wants to give him a chance, 
Um, and you've got Kevin De Bruyne coming back into the equation as well. There is loads of attacking options, and City do need to watch the money these days. Uh, so the way I understand it, it boils down to those two positions, holding midfielder, centre-back, possibly a right-back if Danilo goes. But other than that, I think you can forget it. Yes, I was going to ask you that, the, the full-back situation. At the moment, it sounds like, are they open to letting maybe two go this summer? It, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, full-back, because it seems to have sort of operated without a left-back for two years mm. now. They're you know, willing to, get, to let Danilo leave if they get a replacement lined up they're willing to let Delph go if the right offer comes in um, I know he's sort of not a left back but has played left back for City hasn't really played anywhere else for quite a while now so that would leave just Zinchenko who isn't a left back either Mendy who's had his injury issues and uh, Walker uh, at right back plus Danilo or Danilo's replacement, which isn't that strong a um, a selection really um, for a team that will be going again in four competitions. But it, you know, it's no weaker than it it looked for the last two years, and they've got 198 points in those two seasons. So it, it, it's difficult to argue with, but um, they do they do look to be light on numbers. There will be a lot of pressure on Mendy Zinchenko Walker and the fourth fullback because there isn't really any pushing through either from the academy that you think will be ready to step in and and fill those positions yeah we'll come on to look youngsters later in the podcast I guess when you talk about it there as well Benjamin Mendy it's now it's going to be his third season at City and still we've seen glimpses of, of what he can offer but obviously injuries have have set him back. So do you think this is maybe his final chance to really prove he's, he's got a City this season or, or what I, do you think? I'm a little surprised he's got this chance to be honest because he was out for most of last season again. Uh, Pep isn't known for his patience in terms of players being injured. Um, you, you know, he wore quite thin with Vincent Company at times. Uh, and Mendy's Injury injury problems for the last two seasons have pretty much ruled him out for, for the entirety of two campaigns. So, and not only that, the fact that there have been one or two little issues around him, you know, being filmed in a nightclub at three o'clock in the morning, uh, turning up hours late for a physio session, not the kind of thing that is going to make Pep Guardiola um, love you as a, as a player. Um, and so I, I'm surprised that he, he's that the, they've decided, you know, to to plough on with Mendy, especially when I mean Zinchenko was excellent last season, but you do still worry about him defensively um, when you're playing against top teams. Um, so g- given that he's the backup, you, you do it, it is a surprise with Mendy's injury record and everything else. That he's got another chance. Um, it was, I was I was talking to um, Paul Lake, uh, obviously a bit of a City legend, and he and he was sort of singing the praises of Zinchenko, um, and saying that he actually thinks Zinchenko in some ways is is defensively better than Mendy these days as well. Uh, you know that always used to be his big big weak points, Zinchenko, and he definitely has improved that side of his game. Um, and he is—he is very much a Pep Guardiola footballer. You know, he's got great touch and uh, good passing. He's always very sure in his passing. Um, so he, he is a good backup. But you kind of think at City's level, they'll need—they need at least one top-class left back, 
Mendy being the man, but Mendy in the physio room is no good to anybody. So uh, it, it does surprise me. It does surprise me that they've, uh, they've that he, he has got another guy. I think finance probably comes into it as well. You know, it's not that long. Fifty-two million they paid for Mendy. Mm. You know, you can't can you just discard him after? Arguably, he's but he's been unlucky with injuries. You know, will that look will that look carry on? Is there something more more basic? Because he did, didn't have these problems at Monaco, you know, and all of a sudden he's 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 just been hit with two two big ones, one after the other, and you kind of think, well, you know, sure, these these looks got to change soon, and if they do, uh, if it does, you know, people forget that at the start of last season, Mendy played, and he, was it five assists in his first five games? Yeah, he's, I think you know, it's ridiculous. He, for a long yeah. time, he was still the highest assist. Says like sort of ranking in the Premier League, and though he's injured, yeah. but like like you said, especially one thing that he offers that we're not really seeing, so I guess it's like three five two because City probably yeah. played some of the best football under Pep with a three five two, which Mendy was so integral to. Yeah, yeah, um, but I think as she was suggesting, you know, City spent two hundred million two years mm. ago in the summer and really blew everyone else out of the water because they blitzed the league, but they can't do it every year, and they were pretty clear about wanting a left back um, earlier earlier in this year about getting someone in to replace Mendy but I think centre-back has become a bigger priority especially with company leaving and they can't just go out and buy a whole new team every season because they don't have the money to do it despite what you know, some people may think <laughs> we, we won't mention who. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did. Yeah, going back to to Pep's first summer, they took a chance then on not buying fullbacks, mm. didn't they? Yeah, uh, they had to strengthen in other areas, and they they, they took a chance in going with with uh, Zabaleta and Sanya uh, and Kolarov and and Clichy and uh, and it didn't really work. Um, that was that was a that would pro perhaps more than anything was what undid Pep in his first season and they ended, they ended without a trophy um, so yeah that gives an inkling of they do have to prioritise you know people like Sai said there's this image that City can just go out and buy who they want whenever they want well they can't they've got FFP to consider uh, and they do have their own budget so uh, you know that, that isn't going to be the case yeah, and I guess uh, one question that will be on the fans' lips is what what is the progress of any arrivals at the moment? When can City fans maybe expect some movement before the tour? <laughs> some, uh... Uh, it's uh, it's pretty slow going at, at the moment. Um, they're obviously interested in signing Rodri from Atletico. Uh, last week he asked for time and space to think about his future. Um, Atletico are very keen to keep him and that one you know we've not really heard any movement on it for for a few for a few weeks now and then Harry Maguire has been uh, said to be the the top target at the back Um, and again there's that doesn't seem anywhere near close so watch this I have nothing nothing to offer no no good news to bring really Um, obviously you'd like to get them in as soon as possible but I think certainly if they're signing Maguire he doesn't you know if you're signing like a 26 27 year old that's from the Premier League you'd expect him just to drop into into your team so it shouldn't really matter whether they sign him on deadline day or tomorrow because he should be able to fit straight in. Rodri might need a, you know, a bit more time, but it, it's these these deals take take time. 
Yeah, we should say. But two players, I mean, particularly Maguire, Stu, someone, do you think Maguire is someone that could fill that void company will leave? Obviously, not a like-for-like replacement. He's got, no one can replace what company meant to City, but do you think he is in, in terms of maybe the playing squad? I, I do, I do. There's a lot of people out there who sort of quite dismissive about Maguire. He's always impressed me, certainly since he went to, he was good when he was at Hull, but I think since he's gone to Leicester, I think he's come on massively um, and his, some of his performances for England uh, and Pep's very you would imagine you, you would sort of say from, from the outset he doesn't look like a Pep Guardiola player you know he, he doesn't tend to have centre-halves who, who look like that but he's become very aware of what's needed in the Premier League uh, you need two sides to your game you need that tra- traditional English centre-back somebody who, who heads the ball and he's, he's strong and, uh, and physically capable of dealing with with big centre-forwards like Troy Deeney and Andy Carroll people like that but also somebody who can who can play out and that, that's the side of it that I think Maguire doesn't get enough credit for he, he plays out really well from the back his, his passing's really good um, people always refer to him going on that gallop down the wing in the, in the <laughs> penultimate game against City but I, I don't think he'll be Pep will be requiring him to do that very often um, but you know it's, it is a, that confidence that confidence in himself as a footballer is important um, but more than anything it's, it's the fact that he, he does he does pass the ball well um, and that, that's so important I mean John Stones has had a lot of flack lately but <laughs> In, in in some ways, Maguire, for me, is, is a better centre-half because he's got more of a balance between those two sides of his game. Stones hasn't quite found that yet. I think some of Stones' defending, as we saw for England last week, um, really needs improving. And I think that's why he didn't... He, didn't, he started last season as the first choice uh, with Laporte and he didn't end the season as first choice. And I think not quite finding that balance is why Stones... Um, did did sort of fall out of the picture a little bit that and the fact that Vincent Company was was superb you know and Laporte was excellent right throughout the season uh, so as in other positions it was a case of Stones not being as good as the two players in 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 position and if Maguire comes in you know the same the same problem the same problem exists again because uh, Maguire is has got the two elements to his game as far as I'm concerned. Maguire's certainly got the head to replace Vincent Company. <laughs> <laughs> like for like in that aspect. Yeah. And I guess another aspect is the fact that he does come across at least as a leader. Of course, they're going to need a new captain as well next season, City. Of course, they already have maybe this pool of players that you talk about, sort of the, the captain's crew that Pep Guardiola has assembled. But uh, who do you think can step up into that? Who do you think are the front rowers to take the armband on a permanent basis? I like the idea of captain's crew. I like it as well. It just like, coined it there. Yeah, nice little club. Mm. People talk of leadership groups. I think the captain's crew. The captain's crew sounds much better, yeah. More child friendly. Not something that you come across in like Botany Bay. No. Something like that. Um, what was the question? <laughs> it was just, it, I mean, I've lost myself as well. It was, who do you think captains w- will be made yeah. captain? Because- I mean, I, I've, I must have said it on about 14 podcasts. Let's make it 15. Um, but I'd give it to Kevin De Bruyne because I just think he's he's the right age and profile for sort of the next long-term captain. I know you could give it to some more senior players, but um, I think looking to the future, De Bruyne is... Is the one for me? 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think it math, matters that much. No. You, you want, like, say, pe- Pepper points five, and the, there is a pecking order. Well, that's just a case of who wears the armband, who gets that yeah. honour. I don't think he he's particularly bothered who who wears the armband. He just wants players who are going to go out. Yeah, I think that's a good shout from Sai because you you know the the two obvious ones for me are David Silva and Fernandinho, um, possibly with Sergio Aguero in there as well. Um, but none of them are going to be around for the long term. And like like Sai says, there is a, there is a young group of players who represent what City are going to be about for the next five years. And De Bruyne is probably the you know the, the most senior of those and the one who, who leads by example. And who also he's very vocal, you know. He's he's not mm. somebody who, who's afraid to to speak his mind. Um, but the, in terms of the, the group of five, the, there will be another another vacancy in that. I mean, it seems odd to me that, that, that a manager would want a specific number. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't quite get that. But that this is what Pep stipulated. He wanted five players. Um, and we know who they were, um, but company has left, so everybody shuffles up one, at least. Um, so you're looking for somebody else. I mean, De Bruyne's already in that group, um, but then you start thinking Bernardo Silva, you know, you're talking about leading by example, he does that. It was interesting, Vincent Company said recently that he's he's 50% leader and 50% clown, or something along those <laughs> Perfect lines. Perfect mix. Yeah, and he said once, once he gets to being 25% clown and 75% <laughs> leader, then he, he'll be a great Manchester City captain. But that, so that, that was... Uh, but Bernard, I mean, he's so well-loved by, by his teammates. So, um, he's, he's, he's a clear choice. Um I mean, Laporte. Laporte's a little bit quiet, maybe you know, but he's he's such a such a rock, such a steady influence at the back. You wonder about him. John Stones is another one. You know, you you, you kind of look at him as being a being the kind of player who could who could captain his club and his country in, in years to come. Um, I mean Gundogan as well yeah. you know I mean I know he doesn't play that often but he's he's, he's an intelligent guy he knows the game um, he, he does he does lead by example he's, I think people he's listen losing. when Gundogan talks yes yeah, yeah he's, he's very quietly spoken but he usually says something that's worth yeah. listening to yeah. so he, he's another one you know he's not going to be a, a chest thumper or a, you know a Vincent Company kind of kind of player but you know I'm not sure that fits Massively with with what City have got nowadays, perhaps someone like Gundogan or Bernardo Silva um, is is more of a is more of a Pep Guardiola style captain. But uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to find out who he does promote. Mm, be interesting to see who makes it into the captain's crew. Uh, mm. You mentioned there the Bruno player integral to City's future. One player who's got continued speculation about his is Leroy Sane Sai the talks of Bayern Munich it seems every day there's some new comments come out about his future are Bayern interested in him who knows I really haven't heard anyone from Bayern (laughs) say that they they fancy him now it's it's just daft isn't it It every single day Um, but yeah there's not been an official bid to City yeah you know they're really they think he'd be really really good but they're not interested in him I'm pretty, hasn't the Bayern, the Borussia Dortmund chairman someone come out as well and said that he'd be a great addition to the, the Bundesliga or yes, something like yeah, that yeah yeah as if they're going to bid together with him and yeah. strengthen their main rivals yes but yeah. um, I guess the, the main question is not just about what will happen with Sane but a player that as she said before maybe that City 
he's not as irreplaceable as many maybe think he is in the city side. I mean, he had that f- superb season. We got young player of the year, but last season was was a bit hit or miss for him. Yeah, he, he came frustrate, um, but at the same time, you'd say he's still got more potential. Sort of on his best, he's more unplayable than pretty much almost anyone else in that City squad I would say but I mean City are hopeful that they can tie him down to a new deal Bayern are hopeful that they can create enough noise to unsettle him and take him away to uh, to the Bundesliga but of course the other option is that he doesn't do either and stays at City without, but a, new without a new contract um, which you know might be an interesting way of him saying you know, I'm staying with City for now, but I'm not convinced by what you've shown me so far to commit my long-term future to the club. Um, Sensible. That uh, yeah, yeah. So um, that sort of third option is a, another way of looking at, at the Sane situation. It really decides on what he wants to do. You know, I don't think City wants to sell him, but if he comes in and says, I want to leave and Bayern are willing to pay more than they've said they'd be willing to pay, then I, I think... It, it could well happen. I think that third option is probably the least desirable from City's point of view. Oh, yeah. Because he's, you know, mm. you don't want him to sign long term or you want to sell him this summer while, he's, while his transfer value starts still high because the nearer he gets to his contract expiring, the more his, his value will, will plummet. Um, you know, there's been talk about 90 million. I would suggest that if you look at some of the other people, like Coutinho went for a lot more than that. I would suggest if Coutinho was worth, what was it, 130? Coutinho? Yeah, I mean, the the, the other thing is um, Jaden Sancho was talked about as 100 and barely a flicker. That yeah. was deemed like a fair valuation. So if Sancho's 100, then... Yeah, yeah Sancho's 120 at least, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how City play it as well because they, they don't want to leave it and leave it and leave it. I mean, there have been little rumblings about the relationship between Pep and Sane. Um, you know, he doesn't seem to be the kind of player who, who texts being out of the team particularly well. Uh, whereas Riyad Mahrez does seem to have taken it well, which, which surprised me, actually. I, I thought that he would he would rail against it because he was so used to playing at Leicester. You know, he, he was a big fish in a small pond at Leicester. First name on the team sheet every week. Um, and then he's come to City and he's had to really bide his time and he's been stuck behind Bernardo and, and Raheem Sterling uh, and Sane as well to an extent. Um but he's, you know, everything that Pep, the contrast between the way Pep talks about him, uh, saying, you know, he, how fabulous he's been, what a professional, and how he's, you know, he's worked hard and he's been very unlucky. And if if he if he got a run of games, he would be at the same level as Bernardo. And then when he gets asked about Sane, the difference <laughs> is is almost tangible. You know, you can. Sorry, am I keeping you up, Rich? Oh, I've been so tired. Of <laughs> I was watching Love Island. But you're only yawning when I'm talking. That's that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what's really worrying me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but so um, 
yeah, the, the difference between the way Pep talks about those two players is quite noticeable. And that, you kind of think, does that, is that simply the psychology he chooses to use to get the best out of Sane? Because we've seen in the past that he does tend to react well when he's when he's under pressure. Uh, or is, is that simply a reflection of the fact that the relationship isn't great and that would be another reason for City to, to sell him this summer while they can still get a huge price for him? We shall see we'll what see. happens this summer. And of course, uh, Sane got the pre-season talk coming up in, in terms of squad personnel what type of youngsters do you think will, will maybe get a chance this summer not maybe only youngsters but we've seen the likes of Douglas Louise the player who Pep wanted to include in the first team last season yeah maybe more fringe players will get a chance on tour or because obviously last summer we had the caveat of the, of the World Cup yeah which uh, meant that many more youngsters got a chance than, than, than typical but yeah so I think a lot fewer youngsters will will get the chance this summer um, it will be a lot more like two years ago when they went to the States and you saw that was when I think Danny Rose they played Spurs and uh, Danny Rose said City absolutely pasted him and then brought like Aguero, De Bruyne and someone else off the bench after 60 minutes and the whole Tottenham team just thought what fresh hell is this um, but that was you know really useful for City to build that morale and sort of squad belief that they could go on to to reach new heights so I think we'll see something much more along the lines I mean someone like Eric Garcia who impressed last year you would expect to be firmly involved and get um, a few opportunities on the tour but I can't see that many youngsters sort of being given prominence when you know the the challenge was so tough last season that you can't imagine City taking it easy and treating it as a holiday No I guess it might be likes of Lucas Nemetra and stuff and other players who have maybe pressed on loan spells this this season to get a chance I mean Aguero will be at Copa America so he might be eased in at the end Stu are there any youngsters you think would you'd like to see even if even if it's maybe not likely uh, well there's, there's obviously you start thinking about the lads who played in the FA Youth Cup um, you know you'd always like to see them get a reward and get pushed forward I mean Tommy Doyle springs to mind immediately there's been a lot talked about him from a young age um, and it's always difficult when they're young but he, he seems to be maintaining his standard you know he's, he's a he's a combative midfielder he's city through and through we know everyone knows about his heritage you know he's, he's both his granddads were, were city legends really um, and he you know aside from being combative he's a darn good footballer as well you know he scores long distance goals he's a good passer of the ball um, he's been brought through in the, in the city style you know they've been playing that system you know they're playing it out from the back they've been playing that system from being, from being a young age Tommy Doll knows how to do it I'd like to see him get a look in you mentioned uh, Lucas Nemecha well Felix his younger mm. brother I know we saw him briefly at Burton Albion but in in the minutes he was on the pitch at Burton Albion um, I thought he looked every inch a City player um, I've not been that imp- as impressed with him when I've seen him play in the youth team um, he sort of whenever I've seen him he drifts in and out of games and he's got he's got to cure that he needs to be more involved um, but he perhaps perhaps that's something that will come from playing with better players playing with more senior players as he did at, at Burton uh, but I'd, I'd like to see him and uh, no sniggers from Simon because he, he knows that I'll say this because he, he's a son of a friend of mine but um, Taylor Harwood Bellis centre half who was 
hugely impressive in the Youth Cup, especially in the final. He was hugely impressive in the Checker Trade Trophy game up at Sunderland in front of a big crowd uh, when he was up against senior pros. Uh, and we were talking earlier about Harry Maguire being a, um, having both sides of his game. From what I've seen of, of young Taylor, um, he's definitely got both sides. He's, he's six foot two. He heads the ball. He scores goals. He defends well in his own box. Um, he's, he's physically unafraid, um, but he can play. He can play football. He's got a nice touch. Um, a good passing and he's unfazed and I, I, I know his family so I'm biased but he, he's, he's from a they're a lovely family they're really really settled strong background they'll keep his feet on the ground he's got he's, he's got everything he's got everything in place to go on and be a top player and it'd be great if he could do it at City Watch this space. We shall see what the future holds. Uh, final bit of news today. Uh, we were all excited it was like Christmas morning in the office this morning as the fixtures are finally released West Ham away. Wow, is that the present you wanted, Si, when you wrote your list? Well, the present I wanted was, um, you know, you coming in your full Santa costume, so I got that. <laughs> um, but I hate to disappoint. It's um, not that inspiring an away fixture, but... Would there have been any fixture that would have inspired you, do you think? Sheffield United away or something? One Liverpool at home oh, or Liverpool away, <laughs> straight it, after the Community Shield. I think Liverpool, yes, Liverpool away first game, Liverpool at home second game. Just yeah. get it done with. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, City have absolutely mullered West Ham any time mm-hmm. they've gone there in the last few years. So it um, it looks as presentable an away fixture as you can get, really. Um, I think the fixtures look pretty kind for City. They don't. They've got Spurs second Spurs game. Second, That's yeah. the first, but it's at home. It's the first home game. They tend to beat Spurs more often than not. They don't play another top six team until the 12th game. They've got two two patches, two, okay. two spells in the season where they've got Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea and United in a short space of time. And that those will be tricky if they do not get moved for TV or other competitions. It depends or, how many points clear they go into. Whatever, it, yeah, yeah. Um, but they've got a fairly gentle start, a pretty gentle finish. Um, and a much nicer Christmas than they've had in the past. I mean, certainly, you know, the furthest, just from a purely sort of journalist point of view, um, normally it's a scramble to try and avoid the, the yeah. longer way Crystal trip Palace on New Year's over Day Christmas. Was, wasn't it? Or New Year's Eve. Palace on New Year's Eve and Southampton Palace on New Year's Eve and Swansea at 12.30 on New Year's Day. <laughs> that was that was a particular favourite of mine. <laughs> uh, whereas this time, what is Wolves away. Wolves away. Everton, uh, Sheffield United at home and Everton at home. Ah, oh, piece of cake. Well, was... City always away on Boxing Day. Yeah. yeah. It ruins my Christmas yeah. every single time. But it's only Wolves. Yes, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, we shall see. But yes, Chris, you, Christmas in Wolverhampton, it just takes all the magic <laughs> out of it. Yes. But yes, yeah, I guess West Ham away, Tottenham home, Bournemouth away, Brighton home, Norwich away. What, how, I mean, I guess it's an unfair question to ask you, but I'll ask it anyway. How many points do you think City would, would be looking to get from them? Obviously, the Tottenham one's a difficult one. All the others seem very winnable, though. Yeah, I, I mean, City are looking to get three points from every game they play. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in that league who they won't be looking to beat, you know. Um, I think I think Cy wrote a piece this week as well, so saying that if they win the first five, they'll they'll break their own Premier League record for... Oh, for uh, glad someone reads them, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, well, I was lining the budgies' cage. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just jumped out at me. Um, yeah, and, and you know, and that's the standard they're at now. They got 198 points in the last two seasons. They, they, they not only are they looking to win every game, they're expecting to win every single game. And you can't imagine any let up. You know, the, the next carrot has already been dangled. They, they've won back to back titles. Um, they broke the, the points record last season. They broke the goals record this season. Um, the next one is to do it three on the bounce, and that equals not only the Premier League record but the English football record. Um, and then you, then the following year, you'd be thinking four on the bounce, something nobody's ever done. So, you know, it, the challenges just keep presenting themselves for this team. And you know that they're capable of doing it. Um, they should strengthen again this summer. Uh, and if they do that, they'll be, they'll be even stronger. Um, and and they'll be, be looking to, to hoover up everything, every record going, every trophy going. Um, and they're capable of doing it. We were discussing as well earlier on a similar point to uh, Christmas travel that um, you know they've got West Ham away Bournemouth away Norwich away I think Crystal Palace away is their fifth away game so those are four of the longest treks they're going to have to do out the way probably before they even play Champions League or Carabao Cup or anything like that so that as well because you know all those competitions will clock up the miles so it's it's good in a sense to be able to get those long away trips yeah um out of the way always love the long away day on the first day of the season gives you that just get out of the way don't you good away following no one's that bothered you're excited for it as well aren't you You don't see it as a oh here we go we've got to west ham away it's we're going west ham away let's see if we can (laughs) let's see harry Maguire in the flesh on his debut who knows we shall see of course there's got to be the game against liverpool and the community shield as well before that which should be a barrel of laughs for you both but uh that don't count though does it that doesn't count unless they win it (laughs) <laughs> but that's not going to happen anyway. Uh, Stu, Sai, thank you very much for joining us this week on the Talking City podcast. We'll be back again next week to somehow talk about transfers again. Let's hope they do something then. Uh, please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and join us again next time.